Well, hey, welcome to the No Name Podcast. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Okay. Live yeah. from Costa Rica. Doesn't even know the name. I'm like a guest appearance Yeah. whenever we come to Costa Rica. I mean, we have a whole logo and everything. Really? It says... Yeah. You never <laughs> looked at it? <laughs> no. You don't subscribe? No, I'm not su- a subscriber. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) all right all right ready (laughs) hey welcome to the no name podcast yeah we're hit like and subscribe live in costa rica costa marica so our day started at uh (laughs) well ours started about 2 30 early what what time do you get up uh i got up at 2 2 a.m 2 a.m well i mean if you talk about when we got up yeah yeah we both got up about two. That's true. Yeah. So two o'clock is a consensus. Yeah. Two a.m. Nobody wins. And nope. it's now eight twenty-two. Eight twenty-two. So had an event-filled day. Yeah, you started <laughs> us off hot and heavy. <laughs> yep. Sean is known for locked and loaded. <laughs> Sean is known for uh. creating environments of excitement and anticipation <laughs> fun so tell us tell us a fun. little bit about this morning at the airport well everything was going great got there plenty hold on let plenty me of time hold on except for you missed a few exits yeah but i was i was already through and i was standing at the starbucks line <laughs> yes when this event happened so i couldn't get out of line <laughs> I had to get my Jeez. coffee before I had to go. And I texted, this. and you yeah. thought I was joking. Yeah. So go ahead and share this go well, from there. It was going through TSA, and um, you know, <laughs> you do the whole. They're really nice, by the way. We love yeah, the TSA. Were, TSA yeah. was they great. They keep us safe. Thank you, TSA. Yes. Uh, take shoes off, all that stuff, right? And they're putting my stuff through the scanner, and all of a sudden, like the belt stops. And I see the guy, like, looking around all worried, like, I don't know, with concern. And uh, I heard him whisper, there's a pistol. There's a pistol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized that I had brought my concealed carry weapon into the airport. <laughs> so one thing the TSA doesn't like yeah, is loaded, loaded firearms. With one in the chamber. <laughs> Yeah, they don't like that. <laughs> Hidden in an interior pocket <laughs> of a jacket. Yeah. And so... <laughs> they don't like that. They took me to the side. <laughs> and uh, it and was I'm, unpleasant for a while. And I'm like, what's going on? Oh, he gives man. me this look and goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rob's standing over there like, why is this taking so long? And I'm like, come here, Rob. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. And I'm like, what's going oh, on? He man. goes, I got my pistol in my jacket. <laughs> I was like, we're at the end. What? <laughs> oh, man. Surely I didn't hear you correctly. So anyway, <laughs> long story short, I did. I had my concealed carry license with me. And uh, so I didn't get any citation that uh, you know of. that i know of they gave me my well actually he walked my pistol outside of the airport gave it back to me told me to secure it in the car and then come back through but i could be uh 
I could be facing some hefty fines. So, so if you'd like to, we're going to start a GoFundMe page <laughs> for Sean. If you'd like to donate to his legal fees. Then. Yes. So Merry Christmas, family. Daddy's not going to go to jail, but you got to give up all your Christmas presents. Right. We were doing a little bit of research online as to what the penalties could be. and uh, It's the same as dynamite. dynamite and grenades if you were to take dynamite and grenades to the airport same penalty gun doesn't matter how big it is (laughs) no same penalty and it's hefty yeah yeah it is so that's how we started our morning off that was incredible yeah but all our flights were nice and smooth and like no problems Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean good I really didn't think I was going to make it. Uh, I was standing outside. I waited for him. I was standing outside waiting for the shuttle. Our flight left at 6.30. It was 5.30, and I was still waiting for the shuttle. And I thought, now there's all these people here. There's no way I'm getting back through security. But actually, we got there to the gate before they even started boarding. Nope. No issues. Like, I got in and out and back in and, like, 20 minutes. So I'm, I'm waiting at the gate thinking like, okay, the two guys that are actually feed the crane <laughs> might not make the plane. But Rob was going to have a good time without, well, he wouldn't have got a rental car. No, so. true. <laughs> I'd have called Jose. Yeah. So, he was hey, there little me. tip, little travel tip we found out today. Yes. Rental cars. Uh, this is uh, number 39 or 40 for me, trips. To Costa Rica. I learned something new on this trip. You have to have liability insurance on rental cars from the government. Mm-hmm. They don't tell you that. So if you come to Costa Rica on top, of your collision. On, on top of any insurance you already buy. So if you come to Costa Rica for vacation or come see what we're doing here, you know, feed the crave, and you get a rental car, they're going to railroad you. So <laughs> it's going to double the price of your car rental because yes. you have to have this liability insurance that you can only get from the government. So that's mm-hmm. the thing that blows my mind is I know the last time, unless they changed things here recently, like the last time we did this, we didn't deal with that. No. Like at all. So here's, here's the leadership principle I was thinking about today. We, you know, if you fail the plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. Right. So, if you don't take your gun out of your pocket, like it's going to cause problems. If you don't research all the stipulations for car rental stuff, you're going to end up paying the price. If you don't have your QR code, your Q- QR, <laughs> whatever QR <it> code, <laughs> QEdit. Yeah, if you don't have yeah. that little deal, too. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people at the airport were pretty fired up about that, too, because they didn't have their QR yeah. code. Which the guy at the in the United States when we got on the plane said 80 million times, mm-hmm. if you don't have a QR code, come see me. Yeah. Yeah. So then they got to Costa Rica and they're like, what's a QR code? <laughs> yeah. So details matter. Yes. Intentionality matters, mm-hmm. but we made it. And so this week, Sean, tell us what we're trying to accomplish uh, with our feed the crave strategy this week. So there's, there's actually, it may not sound like a lot, but there's actually a lot packed into really three things. Um, one being we're going to go talk to a seminary professor that's a professor of theology. 
and just talk about, um, so he's gone through some of our training and said that it was the best discipleship training he'd ever been a part of. And so talking. It's a very shameless plug right there. To them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take him through it. Jose did it. So it's, yeah. it was it was all Jose. But the Jose. material is mm-hmm. fabulous. Right? <laughs> so Whoever wrote that. Yeah. yeah. They're good. It wasn't. It was. Never mind. Okay. So actually, this is the main contribution to uh, the discipleship training. Yeah. So Rob had a huge impact. You know, I wrote a lot of it for dissertation, and you, uh, you like collaborated with Jose to get it like fleshed into, it all together. Yeah. So yeah. this is like the the brain trust of all that stuff. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, theology professor. My bad. But anyway, so we're, we're going to go and we're going to meet with this theology professor and just talking about um, using his giftings even to to help uh, what we're doing uh, on the church side in terms of you know training. Uh, potential pastors and upcoming leaders and different things like that, but also uh, us trying to partner with them, giving them some practical sides to uh, the teaching here in in Costa Rica. And so that's a pretty cool opportunity that uh, has come about because of what Jose's doing. Um, Really cool network too, because just of the, what I'm thinking, just the, the networking factor, you mm -hmm. know, as a, Mm -hmm you know, between the, between him and, and feed the crave, but then the potential for all of his students as well to be yeah. going through it and learning it in the classroom and then applying it later. Yeah. It's really cool. So the, the professor has given Jose like, Hey, you need our facilities here for classes. Yeah, you can use it, you know? And so, um, we're just going to try to use that open door to see where that possibly could lead us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so that's that's number that's one, right? Th- these are not in any order of importance here. Um, number two is actually sitting down with Jose and helping him uh, construct a. So what are the next steps after mm-hmm. we do the teaching? What does it look like to help them tangibly live out the truths of what has been taught? And so um, working through that uh, for Panama. Uruguay, Paraguay, all those all those countries that he's working in, plus the churches that he's working with right here that he's removed mm-hmm. from, because there's a lot of churches that are asking to come under his covering, and Jose, being the humble man that he is, says, no, we're not going to have a covering, but we can help support and partner with you, but we're not going to make you take our name and our, us be in charge, like, we're not going to do that, you're going to be your own entity, and and uh, but we're going to help, right? So one of the things that you know, when you're talking about that, there's ten different countries, right? Uh, over three hundred pastors now in is two, there, in two months. Yeah, yeah, three hundred pastors in two months. So we're what you're talking about is pipelines and mm-hmm. the structure pieces in order to develop regional, mm-hmm. you know directors or whatever you know to put the pieces together so that jose and his team can continue to train and equip Mm -hmm. leaders that can oversee other leaders so that train and equip yeah yeah so one of the things we talk about often is movemental Mm -hmm. uh creating movements Mm -hmm. creating culture not just programs and Mm -hmm. so that's why that piece of it is a big deal especially moving forward because we don't want to just hand someone a curriculum and say okay start a bible study mm-hmm. in your home yeah. we actually want to help them create a discipleship culture that 
transcends, you know, all these different variables, and we see disciples making disciples that's going to continue mm-hmm. on into the future. Mm-hmm. So, Because that DNA of discipleship is transferable yeah. from any culture, uh, even though mostly we're talking about 10 different countries that would be considered like the, the Latino, Hispanic culture, they're, they're different. Yep. But if you just had programs, mm-hmm. well, program doesn't always translate from place to place. Yeah, right. And discipleship, as we understand it, isn't programmatic anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, sitting down with Jose and helping him kind of flesh out what that what that looks looks like moving forward is, is a pretty important part of this trip. Um, because it's something that's really needed right now. Like, what are the next steps for these countries? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, I was telling Jose over there um, next door, I, I told him, I said, you know, it's really easy to teach a class. I said, it's difficult for them to replicate mm-hmm. tangibly what has been taught. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we're into the hard part of creating this culture is like, they can hear it and they can be like, man, that's awesome. But they <laughs> still don't know how to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. And so building structures to help them mm-hmm. get there, you know, and, and it's like I told Jose, I said, how long had you been in this process before, like, you knew it in your mind, but you actually internalized it in your heart, you know, and, and so he's like, oh, yeah, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's where that imitation piece comes into play mm-hmm. now. Yeah. We give all the information, which is essential and necessary, but then give them a model. Like we even talked with Jose about the model, yep. you know, yep. to be able to, to replicate and follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, that, that whole equip and then empower them. Like we've equipped them with information and mm-hmm. now they need to, they need to go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so trying to give them outlets to do that and a sounding board to go, Hey, are you doing that? Mm-hmm. You're not. Well, what, what might it look like and try to help them put that together. Um, and then the third thing is uh, just kind of telling the story um, of Feed the Crave, where we started, where we've come from, um, and where we've arrived at. Because this was, uh, I think this was, it's not that we've achieved the dream, right? But you're starting to see this this movemental picture that we always dreamed that it could be, mm-hmm. you know? And so... Uh, Myself, Andrew, and Rob, and Jose are all going to talk about kind of our the roles that we've played, where we've seen Feed the Crave come from, and where it's at today, and and just uh, how God has done that. Um, and so, capturing some video um, surrounding those ideas, so that you guys can get a clear picture of uh, yeah, what's happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff, really. I mean, it's 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 incredible what what God's doing uh, in this little bitty church yeah because it's not like we're not talking about a church of a thousand people we're not talking of church of even 500 people 300 people mm-hmm. like we're talking about a church of like 150 yeah uh, granted they before covid they were like 300 mm-hmm. right and now they have people that go online but like 150 people in essence and uh but these people have grabbed a hold of this mm-hmm. and are now like they're moving you know, and, and this has become their culture and they're replicating it and they're growing every day. People are coming to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, here and in Poas, uh, the, the church plant that's been 11 months now. So, 
um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. What, and even with that, 11 months, even with POAS, we were talking with Jose tonight, and he's already fleshing out, like, okay, two more years, I'm no longer in POAS, because in two years, we're going to establish, you know, ministers, uh, you know, elders, leaders, mm -hmm. that type of thing in POAS, where it's, you know, they're being released already, which is just, I mean, that's the, the way of the disciple, you know. And the thing about all of this is uh, there's no, like you said, you know, 150-ish people. There's not some, like, multi-million dollar budget, no. you know, mm -hmm. making campuses and all this stuff. And Jose said it really good tonight uh, when we were having dinner. He said, you know, I don't care about the music. I don't care about, you know if they're dancing or, you know, want to do special yeah. stuff, he cares about making sure the gospel's being preached and that lives are being transformed because yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. Right. And so you don't have to have big budgets, big buildings, mm -hmm. you know, a big church to have a huge impact whenever you're being faithful to the call of mm -hmm. Christ in your life. You just remain faithful to the majors. You major yeah. in the majors. <laughs> yep. And you don't apologize yeah. for it. You just, that's what you do. The crazy thing is, like, he's telling me, you know, there's this lady in Juanacaste that has this church, and she wants to come under the covering, that's what they call it, a mm -hmm, covering, mm -hmm. uh, of their church, right? Mm -hmm. And Jose's like, I don't even know her. Like, it was through somebody else that's like, hey, you need to talk to this guy, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's this lady that wants to come under the covering of Jose because they've heard about what is going on here, right? That's four, That place is four hours away from here. Right, I mean, four hours is not crazy long, but I'm, that's a pretty good distance, you know. And uh, I told him, I said, "Here's the, here's the deal." Is I said, "You have to first ask her what 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 do you mean by that? What does that what does a covering mean to you?" You know, he goes, "Well, he said I've got an idea what it means, and it's she wants us to pay for." <laughs> their building and you know <laughs> their salary and he's like we don't have the money to do that nor do i want to do that because it's not healthy for them yep but like i want to support them and teach them how to make disciples mm -hmm. so that they can be a self-sustaining church you know yep. and so it's it's a support leg it's not a it's not a western idea of pumping money into mm -hmm. something to keep it alive, mm -hmm. um, but actually pumping the true life of the gospel into something so that it is alive instead of looking like it's alive when it's actually dead. Yeah, <laughs> and so, you know, as we tell the story, even this week, that's going to be a major theme because um, from the beginning, we did not want to invest in buildings. Mm -hmm. We wanted yeah. to invest in people and in training and creating content that would help them, give them tools, essentially for them to then build mm -hmm. whatever God's calling them to build. So if right. they want to build buildings or, you know, feed mm -hmm. people, awesome. Like, mm -hmm. be faithful to what God's calling you to do. But as Feed the Crave organization, we're going to partner, mm -hmm. and the money that we raise or whatever is going to be invested into... Directly. Directly into people yep. in order to raise up more leaders, mm -hmm. create a bigger capacity of leadership all across the globe. I remember in the early days, Andrew, we were just even talking about like, you know, seeing ourselves as just like the keepers of the tool shed, mm -hmm. you know, where you've got like, there's a hammer and a screwdriver, but then there's also this big, huge concrete saw. Right. So when you have the newbie that comes in, you don't hand them the concrete <laughs> saw and say, have at it. 
but but you you start with the basic tools mm-hmm. you teach them how to use it and as they grow in their skill you give them projects by which they can do it and it just all of this is you know taking me back to that conversation where we've not only shown them how to get to 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 use the tools we've given them we're no longer the keepers of the shed right it's yeah. it's their tool shed yep which is really cool and now they're building and it's growing and uh, like you said, 10 different countries. Yep. <laughs> 10 God, different countries good. and like multiple locations right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the, right. that's the thing is it's like, it's not that they're not doing ministry in their own backyard, but they're doing it here and abroad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. which is, which is cool because a lot of times you'll see one or the other, but mm-hmm. oftentimes not both. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, which yeah. is the picture of, the book of acts right you know yeah so start at home and to the ends of the earth right yeah and so, so that's what uh that's kind of what this upcoming week's going to look like there's going to be a lot of uh a lot of other stuff going on in the midst of that and uh so stay tuned to the podcast hear what's going on uh we'll try to you know sit down every evening and, and mm-hmm. give a, a debrief of kind of what's going on here in, in Costa Rica. And we'll, we'll try to make sure Sean doesn't get arrested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like... We'll try. Yeah. No promises. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, not that I'd be carrying a gun in my pocket if I didn't have a concealed carry <laughs> for a bit, but, like, <laughs> the guy's like, if you didn't have that, you'd be going to jail for, like, two months at least. And I was like... <laughs> Christmas, New Year's, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the least of my words. All right. So <laughs> stay tuned to see what happens in our adventures this week. Yeah. <laughs>